0: And now an Envision Financial podcast with Luke Smith on Canberra's Two Double C. It's time now to welcome to the studio go. from a oh, bigger pardon? I said, "Here we go." That was it. I'm saying, "Here we go." You're not supposed to start talking while I'm introducing you. That's just not right. <laughs> I've
1: jumped the gun. That's
0: not how it's done. That's it. It's time to welcome to the studio once again from Envision Financial, Luke Smith. Good
1: afternoon. I you're just trying to
0: pump yourself up like well, a sportsman in the dressing you know what? sheds.
1: It's Friday afternoon. Let's get amongst it. And, you know, have a <laughs> chat and. Add a little bit of value to the. Look, listeners. if you want a
0: pep talk, just listen to this. In half an hour, you can go and get a drink.
1: <laughs> no, I'm actually on one of these. You know, look after yourself. You're on a health kick. Yeah. It's okay. Well, me. that's good. It's no, 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 no. It's good. No, for you. it's good. It is, but it's killing me. It's, all the same, it's,
0: it's good for you. No, no, yeah. I, it's very good to do that from yeah. time to time.
1: I apologise in advance to Dan Murphy, so I won't be there in half an hour. <laughs> <laughs>
0: You can't enjoy yourself all the time. Otherwise, <laughs> well, when would you know? How would you know when you're having a good time?
1: Well, that's it. I mean, you know, For me, Friday night was, you know, the weeks are fairly engaging. So Friday night was that, you know, couple kick of back, hours. Kick back you can, and relax. Yeah, yeah exactly. 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 So, all good.
0: So if you're not having a drink, what are you going to do instead? I don't know.
1: I'll have to. <laughs> you have to read a book. Something. Gosh yeah i'll be playing barbies i i'll be playing barbies with my girls so. well
0: that's that's even better that's even better exactly. speaking of which speaking that of kids, brings us into this week's topic does. this is yep. a this is an evergreen topic and yes. i'm sh- i'm sure that as a financial advisor it's a question you probably get asked quite mm. a lot what should i do to help my kids get a start in yeah. dealing with their finan- finances in life and you know how early do you start when do you try to set these yeah, good habits?
1: That's, look, I think – and that last comment there is great because there's no right or wrong thing to do here and everybody has a different capacity to do something. But I think the important thing that I see is mothers and fathers that educate and expose their children to good financial behaviours and instil those in their children. I have kids of existing clients that come in at you know 25 or 30, if we call them kids, and even younger – where they've been taking some of their pocket money, they've been taking some of their wages, they've set up an investment that the dividends are reinvested into. So there's a number of ways that, as a parent, you can try and help educate your kids in relation to the value of money. And I think that philosophy is very important because the value of money and the purpose of money and the effort that you have to go to to get money is lost on young children because... I think the general assumption is that you just wave a credit card around and there's an unlimited pit of it. That's well, it's exactly how it works. Yeah, exactly. It does right. for me, wave the credit card around <laughs> is
0: <it> perfect.
1: Exactly <laughs> right. So I think that understanding the philosophy or the, the the background, without getting into a great amount of detail, I think kids need to value money or the concept of work and understand that you know one produces the other, um, and and both should be respected. But I think mothers and fathers of children can do a very good Job of exposing their kids to savings and exposing their kids to regular behaviors because I say more often than not that good, consistent behavior will generally outstrip any sort of fly by night opportunity or get Mm. quick scheme.
0: I love, let's start at the very beginning. Let's start little kids, pocket money. I remember being a little kid getting 10 cents a week pocket money. Yes, I am that old. (laughs) 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 It took me five whole weeks to. Save up 50 cents to buy a Coca-Cola Russell Yo-Yo. Yeah. They were
1: all the rage. Right. This is in the 60s. <laughs> yeah. Well, you've got me there. And, I, and look, I've had a similar experience. I remember buying a Commodore 64.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah. And it would
1: cost me $300 at the time, and I'd been saving for I don't know how long. And I remember counting the 50s out <laughs> as a young kid. Oh, yeah. It was the most engaging transaction that you know, here I am now at forty three, and I can remember it like it was yesterday. And I yeah. think that's what I mean by having children engaged in the process. Mm. And there are a number of platforms and tools and, and and opportunities that you can use, along with with integrated technology, to be able to have kids talking about money and understand the value of saving. Because we've got a, a generation of young Thundercats out there now, and I say young Thundercats sub forty <laughs> that think that you know the sky's the limit you can do whatever you want you can borrow as much money as you want and it'll just be cupcakes and rainbows and it's it's actually not the case
0: is it better to give young kids pocket money just for the sake of giving them pocket money or get them to do something for it like help with doing the dishes or make their own bed or something Mm. like that
1: yeah look i'm as as i as a parent of young kids i'm an advocate of, of of earn it because they learn to respect it and value it um in the 20 years I've been in, in this industry, I've seen many a kid inherit money, receive money, be given money and burn through that money yeah. because they don't value it and they don't respect it and they haven't earned it. When you know you've spent 50, 60, 70 hours in an office or digging holes or driving a bus or whatever it is that you choose to do in your profession, you know exactly what you have to endure, both the good, the bad and the indifferent in any occupation for any amount of money. Um, what, what you've got to do to get it is is, is as important as what you do with it. Yeah. And I think it gives you a whole new appreciation. I think if you can instill that on kids by, you know, taking some of their pocket money yeah. and using that for something that they can't get hold of. And and I use this philosophy with grown adults. Mm. I'll garnish your wages. So, in other words,
0: you'd be literally the bank of mum and dad because yeah. you would take some of their income and hold yeah. it on deposit, yeah. so to speak.
1: Look, I do it for a number of clients where I'll garnish their wages because they openly say to me, "Hey, save me from myself. Mm-hmm. If it's there, I'll spend it." Yeah. Um, and and that's there's a range of professions, and it's it's this misconception that it's certain occupations. I've got some professions. If I told you what they did, and, and I said I'm garnishing their wages, <laughs> you, you'd be gobsmacked. <laughs> um, but that's that's human behaviour. That's got nothing to do yeah. with occupation. Yeah. So I think I, I I want my kids to understand the value of money. Yeah. Um, and and having them engaged is really important.
0: It's interesting though, isn't it? But some kids seem to get it and then others don't. You tell them so many times to try so many different things, so (laughs) many different strategies and tactics. You say, "Uh, I remember trying at one stage, look, I'll give you this much pocket money every week and you spend some and you save some and then whatever you save at the end of the month, i will double it. Yep, Still spend it all. (laughs)
1: <laughs> and, and I think and I think that's where you need to step in and a lot of people say to me well I'm going to open a bank account for my kids that's cool mm-hmm. that's a good opportunity but if you're going to do that have it sitting in an offset account against your house don't have it sitting in a bank account in their name because children that earn over about $450 pay a significant amount of tax Yeah. Um, so you don't want to incur that so you can hold it in your own name and, and one really good strategy to use is go to your bank and get a, a a couple of offset accounts. So I know depending on who you're with and who your lender is, um, Macquarie, for example, lets you have up to ten offset accounts. All right. So you can have, you know, offset account number one, that's where all your pay goes and you, you know, you try and pay your home loan off. Offset accounts two and three could be the kids' saving accounts. Yeah. Um, you know, and there's people out there that advocate, you know, having a thousand different accounts for a thousand different things and you feel all warm and fuzzy about labelling them. Well, if you're going to save for your kids' future, it could be education, it could be you know a car, it could be a gap year, it could be whatever you're going to do. Mm. Actively save by having a separate account so you can control the money, yeah. you can control who owns it, and you can also then benefit from it because it's going to offset your home loan at the same time because your rate of return is equal to the home loan rate not getting a pittance in the bank, which we're seeing at the moment yeah. with cash rates.
0: You've more or less answered uh, my next question anyway, but a lot of parents like to start very, very early, right from when Bubby is born, and put money aside themselves. That's yep. going to be, oh, that's Junior's bank account. Yep. That's cool. going to be yep. there. And then, of course, as the kids get a bit older, you've got to decide at some point when you're going to hand the money over, when you're going to get them involved in yep. actually managing that money. Yep. Um, some parents even like to uh, start investing some of that money on behalf yep. of their children. Um, I guess, again, it's a case of... Of uh, each case, uh, individual circumstances, I suppose. Uh, but are there any sort of uh, quick and easy rules around that sort of thing?
1: Well, not so much a rule. I think it's, it's it's always about capacity and your ability to save. I think the biggest mistake people can make is counting money in someone else's pocket. Mm-hmm. You know, some people can save a thousand bucks a week. Some people can save a thousand bucks a month. Some people can save a thousand bucks a year. As long as you're actively making a choice to save something,
0: yeah
1: you can use a bank account you can use a savings program you can use a, a range of different tools a very good one is to potentially save up an amount of money in conjunction with your child or take part of their 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 salary you know i've got some clients that garnish their kids wages mm-hmm. because they're new to the workforce and whatever they've got is more than they need because yeah. they're living at home <laughs> yeah. so mum will garnish 25% of their oh, wages. Well, put that into an investment and then reinvest the dividends. So you could just open a little trading account, you could go and buy a a very broad exchange traded fund or ETF that gives you, you know, a diversified exposure to markets and then just reinvest the dividends over and over and over and over time and benefit from the impact of compounding, which when 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 little Johnny or, or little Jenny gets to 18 or 20 then mm-hmm. there's a, there's a, a capital sum there that could pay for a car, some uni, some travel or Whatever else
0: they want Okay, to. so now that we're at that stage of life, let's leave yeah. uh, childhood behind. Yeah. We're talking about young adults now yeah. and maybe still living at home. Yeah. Should mum and dad be charging rent?
1: I'm all for it. Yeah, um, I'm all for it because it brings them into the real world. You know, We've got a generation of kids now that, that, that are told through the education system that they can be whatever they want, they can be a rocket scientist, they can be an astronaut, they can be a doctor, you can be whatever you want to be and that's great because I think empowering kids to have choice and, 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 and dream big and have a crack, I'm, I'm all for it. But I think kids could also be taught that we live in the real world and you should be paying something. If nothing else, even though mum and dad don't need it, and I, I've seen this as well, Charge the kids 100 bucks a week rent because they've got a job and they're living at home and that rent gets hoarded up into a, an account and when they go to move out, okay, here's a deposit towards the house. Yeah. Whatever you fundamentally do with that money is up to you as a parent but I think if you're instilling the behaviours and the realisation that, hey, if you do move out, you're going to have to pay rent and you're going to have to pay electricity and you have to buy washing powder and you're going to have to buy food and this and this, exposing them to those behaviours early on makes – The impact of a move far less confronting than going from, oh, we do everything for you, to, wow, here's the real world, smack you in the face, Um, oh, my God, this is too much, I can't handle it, and home I come in 12 months, Yes, (laughs) which – you know.
0: It's a shock to the system. Now again you've touched on the next question which is of course you suggested that when you've been saving up that money that's been paid as rent and you could perhaps hand it back as a contribution towards a deposit. This is the 21st century where politicians and government leaders have been telling us, oh you go see the bank of mum and dad to help you out of the deposit for your house. Mm. Is it wise for mum and dad to do that? Uh, not out of money that they've saved up on behalf of their kids but out of their own funds to say, look, we know it's tough. Mm-hmm. Let's help you with a deposit for a house. Yeah, yeah that look, a good I, idea.
1: I, I think statistically, I think the bank of mum and dad is the fifth or sixth biggest <laughs> yes. lender in the country. Yes. Um, yes. Look, I'm all for it, provided that it's done as a commercial transaction. Um, so if you're going to lend money to your kids, draw up a loan agreement, have legal documentation signed and implemented by a solicitor as part of the conveyancing process and have a formal understanding of the rate, the terms um, and everything that would be associated with it for two key reasons. One, the kid knows that it's real and if you actually want a payment to come back because that's part of your agreement then it's formalised and nobody's unclear about their expectations. But two, if mum and dad are gonna kick the can or be the guarantor for, you know, what happens or, or throw in, you know, a hundred thousand dollars towards the purchase of a property, yeah. That loan should be registered because if if Johnny or Jenny ever fall in or out of love and there's a separation on the cards and people are trying to cut assets up, mum and dad need to be a registered creditor or you know, recognized as a lender. Yes. When things are being sold and separated and divided. So I think you need to protect yourself. But you also then need to have a very clear understanding of, okay, we're going to lend you this $100,000 and it's at this rate and you're going to pay back this amount. And, and whatever the formal structure is, it definitely shouldn't be, oh, it'll be okay. Now, if the interest payment as a parent, if the interest payment never gets made, okay, that could just call that the price of love, but there's a structure in place yeah. to formalise what you've done. So I think I don't have a problem with it, people doing it, but do it properly properly. Because it's very hard to retrospectively fix when things all go pear shaped at yes. some point in the future.
0: What about uh, if you're a very generous parent, and you just make a gift of a significant sum of money as a contribution towards a house deposit? You know. Yeah,
1: I wouldn't make a gift; I'd make a loan. Okay. Why is that? Because the two treated very, very differently. Again, we formalise the loan arrangement. Mm. If anything goes pear shaped with what you've lent something into, you have the ability to claw that back as a registered creditor. Um, a gift is a gift and, you know, it may may or not come back and it may or may not actually help the situation that you've lent the money into. Yeah. Um, so
0: um, even if you intend it to be a gift, it might legally be better to make it officially a loan.
1: I, I work on the basis that it's all official yes. and if it never actually gets repaid, well, that's just the price of love. That's, uh, <laughs>
0: yeah, well, exactly and, yeah. you know, we we all pay that price one way or another, don't Correct, we?
1: Correct, exactly right.
0: <laughs> but uh, it's it, it is interesting, isn't it? Okay, what have we not covered so far about helping out your kids?
1: Um, look, I think the, the key takeouts really uh, that we haven't talked about is how you can do it. So we've touched on you know using an offset account against your own house. You could buy um, an investment. In trust for your child. So if you've got a trading account, you can actually yeah. buy, you know, a diversified investment, and then make regular contributions into that. You could look to try and buy a managed fund, and then just have a regular direct debit out of your bank account. Um, I know I've I came across um, RAIZ, which is Raise. Um, and what they do is you throw some money into an investment and there's four or five that you can choose. And there's a number of these providers out there and it's, it's a good way to engage with younger children and technology. So you put some money into the, the, the investment and you can put a regular savings amount into it and the dividends get reinvested into whatever you've chosen in relation to your risk profile. But then what they do is they round every transaction linked from your bank account or credit card to the next dollar and put it into the investment for the kids.
0: Nice and neat.
1: great for me because it's automated and I don't ever have to worry about thinking about it. But for me, a great exercise with my five-year-old to show her the value of that going up over 12 months. And she even threw out to me the other day in the shops when we bought something. She said, oh, thanks for buying that, Daddy. And I made some extra money in my investment. So, again, introduce them to concepts engage with them and and with that younger generation use technology where you can because their phones glued to their hand 24 7 so if we can we can break through that barrier and and have some ways to automate what you're doing um something like that is really handy and there's there's loads of providers out there that people can go and google and and offer a similar sort of service so it's it's just a little something that is an indirect force saving um that your kids could benefit from over the longer term
0: Luke Smith from Envision Financials in the studio with me. And today we're talking about what can we do to help out our kids, financially speaking, of course. Mm. And, uh, of course, we've only got a few minutes left. So, Luke, what are the key points today?
1: Yeah, look, I think the, the takeouts for the listeners today are, you know, talk about the value of money with your kids and where it comes from. You know, my, my girls know that daddy goes to work because mm-hmm. then, well, my, my kids actually say daddy goes to work because mummy wants the money.
0: Ah, well, that's probably right too. <laughs> but do they realise yeah. well, that you don't actually work? You just turn up and talk to people. Well, you just sit around. You play golf on Wednesdays. You, you know, you have a good time.
1: I wish. I wish. <laughs> um, so, you know, talk to your kids about the value of money and have them engaged in the process. Show them the benefit of it and get them engaged in a savings. So if you're going to make a contribution to their account, show them that it's going up. You know, show them in pictures, show them in, you know, um, a diagram, you know, get them involved in, in what's going on so they can see what they're getting for their money. Um, if you need to garnish their wages, garnish their pocket money, garnish their salary, and you want to give it back to them for the bigger kids out there, if you want to give it back to them when they move out, give them some incentive because there's a very good chance they may not boomerang back home and blow your world up. Um Use technology. You know, If, if you've got an ad, uh, an iPhone or, or an iPad or something like that where you can get onto an app um, and, and show them in a graph the, the, the value of their assets going up, show them their savings, show them what's swept out of a bank account, get them engaged with technology because it's in their hands all the time. So yeah. making the most of that and making it their friend. If they're going to learn something and have a fun in their hand, I'd rather they learn about money than end up on TikTok. Um, and start now, do more sooner, rather than a lot more later. Because kids won't miss small increments of change if you started taking part of their wages or made them put a little contribution into superannuation. I'm not saying go flat out and put all your money into super as a 20 year old, but if you just put a little bit in for a much longer period of time, that impact and the benefit of compounding will really gain some momentum, and they don't miss little incremental increases. You'll miss a very big jump from nothing to something. So, starting sooner and having time on your side can help you make informed decisions over the longer term.
0: It certainly can. So, Luke, where can listeners get more information? Yeah, so
1: six two six zero four seven four nine is the the number in the office. Um, make an appointment, come in, have a chat. Uh, envisionfinancial.com.au that's envision with an e so we've got the knowledge centre there and they can use some tools and some calculators for free and register to that we've got the podcast the strategy stacker where uh, I talk about money on iTunes and Spotify and we've got the YouTube channel envision Financial Canberra, so you can google that and have the key takeouts of the majority of our shows and, and pause it and write some stuff down and show the kids because it's on the iPhone um, otherwise pop into the office make a time have a cup of tea and uh, we can go from there
0: Fantastic stuff. Thanks very much for that and we'll catch up with you again next Friday afternoon. Beautiful. See you Friday.